Thank you, Father, for making it possible to see this day. The day you have created in our life, not to buy or sell, but to keep it holy and to be in your sanctuary to hear your word. That is life. Father in heaven, I'm an empty vessel. Fill me with your word unto your children that we will go out from here feeling satisfied, knowing that we are in charge of our lives and we will walk in the light of the word to receive redemption. Father, open our hearts and open our minds to your word for total salvation. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. And uh, before... I will start my lesson. I would like the chorister to sing this one for me as it's almost uh, part of the lesson. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he shares on our way. subject of mine, I, I would like us to come to the full meaning of what is life and what is death. We are living beings on this earth and we can all send our mind back to creation. How did we uh, come about to be living human beings on this earth? And what is the reason why we are living on this earth? Who gave us that life? We owe him. Hallelujah. The one who created us, we owe him. And what is life? 
Now when we come to understand what is life, then we move to come to understand what is death. So we say where there is a beginning, there is an end. Hallelujah. Everything that has got beginning has got an end. And life is that you are a creature of God. Created in the image of the creator who is God the Almighty. Hallelujah. Now in the book of Genesis chapter 2 verse 7 we were told that he formed us from clay. And he breathed the breath of life in us. That life is the power of God. Hallelujah. By that breath of his, by that power of his, he created all things. Hallelujah. So that breath alone, God breathed into the clay, which has become the life of the human beings now on earth, is life. It's life. How do we handle life? Do we toy with it? Do we release our life into the hands of God? Say, God, here I am. You gave me life. I am giving it back to you. And if you're going to do that, in what shape or form are you releasing yourself, your life to God? Now, that is a simple meaning of life. And when you come to death, the beginning has got an end. Now, when God created mankind, we all know he created Adam. All of us came from Adam and Eve. But they have sinned against God. They disobeyed God. And so comes the punishment with disobedience. Man was not to die according to God's plan. We were to live. But imagine, if we are to live now without that mistake that Adam and Eve committed, how will the world be? You see, very old people, we can't even recognize them on the street. Their skin will turn into something else because they will live over thousands of years. Hallelujah. But God has got his plan. The plan of God is different from the plan of man. Therefore, when the enemy deceived them, they surrendered. And so was it. And we inherited death from Adam. And we inherited life from who? Jesus Christ. Hallelujah! So, in the Adamic flesh, we say that death is from Adam. Now, having explained briefly what is life and what is death, the subject matter today of my lesson is life and death. And we will read from the book of Numbers, chapter 20, verses 22 to 29. Numbers 20, verses 22 to 29. And the children of Israel 
Even the whole congregation journeyed from Kadesh and came unto Mount Hor. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in Mount Hor by the coast of the land of Edom, saying, Aaron shall be gathered unto his people, for he shall not enter into the land which I have given unto the children of Israel, because ye rebelled against my word at the water of Meribah. Take Aaron and Eleazar his son, and bring them up unto the Mount Hall, and strip Aaron of his garments, and put them upon Eleazar his son. And Aaron shall be gathered unto his people, and shall die there. And Moses did as the Lord commanded. And they went up into the mountain hall in the sight of the congregation. And Moses stripped Aaron of his garments and put them upon Eleazar his son. And Aaron died there in the top of the mountain. And Moses and Eleazar came down from the mountain. And when all the congregation saw that Aaron was dead, they mourned for Aaron 30 days, even all the house of Israel. Hallelujah. Amen. What do we get from this message? Brothers and sisters. This was a man that was speak from the water, referring to Moses. And picked up, given to the princess, the daughter of Pharaoh. He grew up to become one of the powerful persons in the house of Pharaoh. He saw how his people were being molested, punished, and he became agitated. At one point, he even committed murder by killing one of the soldiers that were bullying the Israelites to walk under the hot sun. He escaped. He escaped and there God in the process appeared to Moses. You have a job to do, Moses. In a burning bush, Moses was afraid. But you all know the story of the life of Moses and how God used him to get back into Egypt to redeem his people. Now, but then Moses said, but Lord, you know I'm not a person who can convince people. I don't talk. I am a stammerer. When I want to produce one word, it takes me 10 minutes. Oh, can I do this? Now, God said, no. Despite your inability to speak, 
I will release your brother, Aaron, who will do your talking. Just go and execute the job I am going to give you to do. Moses took the mantle from the Most High. He came. And even he had to convince his own people that now he has found the, 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 the God Almighty, the God of Israel. He sent me back to you. We are leaving this place. Did they believe him? First of all, he has to convince his brother Aaron and make some signs there for him to believe that he really saw Yahweh. Now, after that, he has to convince the elders who will agree that, oh, we are following you, Moses, from this place because they don't know where they are going. He's just saying, I'm coming to bring you out of bondage. Hallelujah. Now, this has happened. And they started the journey. Now, to cut long story short about that history, I just want to bring your memory back to how God, in the beginning, has worked out his salvation for his people. And let's see to the behavior pattern of Israelites, whether they do hear or they always disobey. Now, disobedience brings punishment. Rebellion of any kind brings destruction. When God commands, yours is only to what? Obey. Hallelujah. Because the obedience carries blessings. Amen? They moved out. And the journey started. Pharaoh became angry. Oh, why should I leave all these people to go? And if they have gone, who will build my country? So he chased them in order to retrieve them. And we know what all, we, we, we all know from the scriptures what happened. The great army of Pharaoh perished in the Red Sea, and God saved his people. In the wilderness, they were in the wilderness for 40 years, still waiting to see the promised land, Canaan, the land promised by God for his people. And that land would be the land of what? Milk and honey. And on the way, they troubled Moses a lot. Hey, you brought us to come and suffer in this vast land. No trees, nothing. It is a bare desert. Now, let me, let me, let me, let me explain here a little bit. I was privileged to walk on a desert for seven solid years in Libya. And when we talk about desert, it's no man's land. It's just like the ocean. You enter the ocean, it has got no end. The only thing is you come and see land somewhere and your ship will dock. That is desert. Dry, hot. The degrees is always 40 degrees and above. Now, they have to move on this desert. They got no place. Only anywhere they reach, they put their tent there and then continue. Moses was in charge. Aaron, the interpreter and the spokesperson for his senior brother or his brother, followed on. Now, 
This is the situation. It came to a point God has to sign agreement with his people. Yeah, I'm your God. I have saved you. But then we have to enter some sort of covenant that as I have served you, as I'm doing all these things for you, your promise is you will serve me and you will serve no other God. Hallelujah. Only me you will serve because I am a jealous God. I created you. I took you out of bondage. I am doing everything for you. Manna from heaven. When they were crying, they were hungry, God was feeding them. Is God not feeding you? Are you going hungry? Is God not giving you jobs? Are you jobless? Hasn't God given you shelter? Are you without shelter? God is doing his work. Hallelujah. Is God not giving you health? Are you sick? Even if you are sick, he promised healing will come from above. Hallelujah. So God is doing everything for us. Just as he has done for the Israelites. Ours is willing to listen. Listen. And obey the commands of God. Hallelujah. Gather Aaron to his people. The scripture has said. Moses, pick Aaron. Pick him. Take him to Mount Hall. Gather the people of Israel. For there, Aaron is going to die. You see, in life, we fear death. In the olden days, thus was a thing that God would pronounce and it will happen instantly. Why? Because it is that God was dealing directly with them. Hallelujah. They were hearing the voice of God direct from the heavens. And they were seeing the miracles from the heavens. Food dropping from heaven, falling on your lap, and you are eating it, fully satisfied. When you finish eating, oh, which God is this one? Is it only food I want? You see, then we start complaining. That is human being. But God knows our weaknesses. In this voice, what was the rebellion of Aaron? Why should God all of a sudden say, Moses, pick Aaron and send him to the Mount of Hall. Aaron is not going to come back home. That is his final journey. Why? Because both Moses and Aaron rebel against the command of God. Now someone will ask, which rebellion was that? But after all, Moses was taking the command and doing what God asked him to do. He is leading the people, he is following instructions, and what 
rebellion is that that God has become angry with Moses, the people's leader, and Aaron, his brother, who has done interpretation from the beginning, has been the spokesperson on the desert. Now that they are close to Canaan, they are very close to the promised land. Take him to Mount Zor. There, he's going to die, and his priestly garment will be removed and put on his son. Remember, in the book of uh, Exodus 32, God has ordained Aaron as a priesthood that would take charge of Israel. The rebellion of what kind? He has ordained Aaron, ordained Nadab, and ordained Abihu. These three were selected to be priests to serve the Lord. They were selected by God. What was the rebellion of Aaron? We read from Exodus chapter 32, brothers and sisters, when Moses took Aaron to the mount of Zor to talk to God, He spent some time there. Let us listen clearly to this happening. Then we come to compare it with what is happening to us presently as we live and see where we stand in God, in Christ Jesus. Oh, Moses is delaying. He has gone down. He has gone up there seven days now. He has not come back. And Joshua is with him. What are they doing in the mountains? Because they have been hearing the voice of God. Now they haven't heard anything for some time. And so they begin to be agitated. Where is our God who talks to Moses? Where is our God? And they rushed to Aaron. Okay, now, you are the priest. You are here. We want God to worship. We want God to worship. We want God to worship. Anything at all. And Aaron, as a priest, chosen by the Almighty God, and having seen God's mighty hands working with them always from captivity, Going to the promised land, Aaron fell. He fell miserably because when the people came, he succumbed to them. He said, okay, now, if this is what you want, go and bring your gold. Go and bring the earrings of your wife, the gold earrings of your wife. They brought tons of gold, tons of them. And Aaron, what did he do? 
he melted all this gold and made a golden calf. Golden calf. And the people began to worship idol. They dropped just that mighty God who served them and told them that he is a jealous God. They dropped him after seeing all this thing and they started to worship. When Moses came, he was angry. And what happened? He pronounced destruction upon them. Now here is the thing. Aaron told Moses a different story. He didn't even confess that he, he asked the people to bring gold rings and these things. He even didn't tell his brother that he crafted the, the calf. He said the people did. He took himself away. And so he was guilty there. Hallelujah. But God saw that he was guilty. To Moses, the brother was right because he could not lie to him. Hallelujah. That is where Aaron has failed. And God became angry. These are the people chosen by God, brothers and sisters. And they were seeing God every day. In fact, they were talking with God. At a point in time, Moses ate with God. Hallelujah. He ate with him. But here, the Lord is saying, both of you, you're going to die. But Aaron is going first. And his bishopric let another take. When we go to the New Testament. And that his clothing or mantle has gone to his son. Now in his wise, brothers and sisters, what do we have to do? But later on, later on, Aaron and Moses, they have realized their mistaken faults. But even down the scriptures, the mosaic lineage, they have accomplished many wonderful deeds in the Lord. Only for that failure that has brought, made God angry, they have done a lot in the Lord by the scriptures. But that, has that saved them? Because God does not fail. Once he said, Moses, you will not touch that land. And what was the fault of Moses? Also in the same book of Exodus 32, he asked Moses, your people are agitating for water because this is desert. Their animals are dying. They got no water to drink. Go with Aaron. Speak to the rock and water will come out. That is God's command. Eh? Moses, go speak to the rock and the rock will release the water. Moses took the staff of the Lord from his presence, went with Aaron and with the people. Then he used the staff. Bang! But that didn't come up first time. Zoom! With 
power and strength and water came up because God doesn't want to fail them. Hallelujah. He did not fail them in the beginning. He wouldn't fail them now when they are thirsty. You see God? He's faithful. Brothers and sisters, God is faithful. He accomplished his faithfulness to his people. But how are we faithful to him? God became angry. He said, Moses, that alone you did. That alone you did before my people. You will not take the step. And this is Canaan. Mount Hall is on the border. You can stand there and see the city, beautiful, full of milk and honey. Say, Moses, you aren't going to step there. Hallelujah. Now, if God could punish Moses, our father, Aaron, our father, for simply disobeying his orders at a point in time, how much more as today? Now, but Christ has come that we might have life and have it more abundantly. That was of the old. Life is of the new. And when Jesus came on earth, he taught us a lot about the Father. And God is loving, brothers and sisters, not willing that all should perish but come to repentance. And so when Jesus Christ came, the message he brought running from day one when he started his ministry, repent and be baptized, every one of you. The disciples, they picked the same message. Today, as we have read from the book of John, chapter 21, from verses 15. Can you bring it on the board, please? The book of John, chapter 21. The first reading. Okay. So, when they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest I love thee. Now, uh, you see, brothers and sisters, when Jesus Christ came, he called the disciples. Please listen. He called the disciples and they followed him and he established his ministry. Just like we are now followers of Christ, right? Through the ministry of the true teachers of Christ's temple. God has called you. You enter this place to worship. We have become members of this great ministry. And Moses, who is the reverend, has called the disciples and the leaders and ordained them 
and gave them the clothing of evangelists, elders, pastors, choristers. And he said, come and listen to the word of Christ. Listen to the message of the Savior and be saved. But come in the clothing of repentance and you will receive Jesus Christ. In the olden days, sin is punishable by death, even when you obey the least. And to pacify God, you have to what? Shed blood. That is why the priests were there. Huh? They will kill goat, they will kill sheep. If your sin is a very big one, then you have to kill cow. You see? Because it's big. But God does not take delight in those things because uh, someone will go and commit so many sins, right? Maybe 10 or 20. Then he will come and be killing goat, 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 goat 20 times because he has got the goats there, you see. But when God finally saw that, no, it is blood that only can cleanse us and renew our life. He released Jesus. And when Jesus Christ came, he paid the ultimate price. Now, what I want us to learn here is, Peter was the eldest of the disciples. And this very uh, 21 chapter, after his resurrection, he appeared to the disciples three solid times. And this is the final one. When he called on Peter, he called on him three times when he went to dine with them. Before even he pronounced these things to Peter before the disciples, they went their way. When you begin the chapter to read, they went fishing again, you know, for their daily bread, just as we are doing today. In the process of finding our daily bread, we should not leave the work of God undone. He called Peter, you know why I called you? You know why I chose you? If you love me, care for my flock. Don't leave them to scatter. Care for them. What care is Jesus reminding Peter of? Was this St. Peter, whom he said, Peter, upon you, you are a rock. Upon you, I will build my church. And the gates of hell can never prevail against it. That St. Peter, who's supposed to be the rock, has denied him three times when he was arrested. Oh, you are one of his disciples. Me? Me? I don't know this man. Are you sure? I saw you with him. No, it is not me, somebody else. Second time, this man, is he denying that he doesn't know Christ? He turned his face somewhere, and the people look intently unto him. They say, he is the one. Me? I don't know him. 
He denied the second time. And we all know the third time. And there, the cock crew. And Peter realized what he has done. Why? Because Jesus told him before the time. So before the cock crew, three times, you would deny me. He said, me? Because he is a rock. You see, but he has come to be a human being. Living in a human flesh. And so, mistake can happen. The same Peter, Jesus said, look, the evil has asked of you to save you. But I, the Lord, has prayed for you. And the evil has gone away. The same Peter, when he was arrested, he brought out a sword and caught the right ear of the servant of the high priest who came to arrest Jesus. He played gallantry. Hallelujah. Peter played gallantry by cutting the ear. But now they say you know him and he's running away. Hallelujah. You see the whole thing, how he's going. Now, he's a human being. That is life. But then Peter has taken the Lord. After the denial, he came to himself. He came to his senses. He wept deep down from his heart. The Lord knew that Peter has really regretted of his action. But that was not his fault. The scripture was written to be fulfilled. Hallelujah. And everything must come to pass to fulfill the power of God. To fulfill what has been written by the olden prophets. Calling him three times, saying, Peter. Tend my ship. If you love me, tend my ship. Don't be a hireling. Whereby you leave the ship on their own. They do whatever they want. Tend to them three times. And Peter got the message. Well, brothers and sisters, in our life as human beings, as Christians, many things we do that does not correspond with the word of God. We take life too easy. In other words, let me put it this way, we play with life. In that, life is willing but once. And death is only but once. You choose good and live. You choose evil and die. But the fact of the matter is, where next? Have you come into this world for yourself? Only that you have come to eat and drink, walk, live and die. Or you have come for a purpose. God has given you a purpose, brothers and sisters. Every one of you sitting right here has got a purpose for God. Hallelujah. You are worthy before the Lord. You are worthless. Otherwise, the Lord will not say, if a soul repents from his waywardness and come to the Lord, there is great joy in heaven. Great joy in heaven. If heaven shakes, for only one son or child of God that returns to his fold. How much more? 
many that will walk from their wayward ways and come to the Lord. It is that in this dispensation, brothers and sisters, the word of God to us is given for teaching, is given for reproof, is given for correction, as we will see from the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3, 16 and 17. Time will not permit us to read. But in the process of this, if for any reason the word of God is being preached for our life to change, let us pick it up and walk with it. Because brothers and sisters, life with Christ is repentance. Life with Christ is to forgo the old and come into the new and follow him. The new is to repudiate the old character as it's written in the book of Corinthians. Now, because I am in Christ, all things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Transformation of your life. Brothers and sisters, stay in the light. Get connected to Christ through his word that saves and that delivers. Continuity in sin will put you to death. As it is written in the book of Romans chapter 6 verse 23, the wages of sin is death. But what has Moses done? What has Aaron done? Simply or just disobeying an instruction. And so God rewarded them with that, even though he has chosen them. We have been chosen. But because we have been chosen and our sins have been forgiven as promised by the Lord, it does not mean that we should continue in sin and ask God's grace to abound every day in our life. According to the book of Romans, chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, it said, God forbid that we should continue in sin and ask for the grace of God to abound in our lives. There is need to change because if our lives are characterized by the old things we walk away from to accept Christ. In other words, when we walk back to the old things, where do we put Christ? In the book of Hebrews chapter 6 verse 4 to 6, it tells us, then again, we are crucifying Christ a second time. And we will put our life in complete jeopardy. Sharp contrast to the word of God. Life is Christ. Death is sin. Now walk away from sin. Embrace Christ and his command. What does Lord Jesus want from us? Stay in me and walk with me. 
serve me, love me, love one another, and go out there to teach my word, that souls will be saved. That is why he commissioned the disciples and he told Peter, 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 if you love me, tend to my ship. Peter had been forgiven three times. We have been forgiven three times. The New Testament Christians, if we have been forgiven, and the Lord has cleansed us from every sin, let us walk in newness of life. And that we are on our own enemies now when we walk away from the three times forgiveness of Christ. It is true, the Lord said, for all have sinned and have fallen short of your glory. When you confess your sins, I will forgive you. But the question is, do we continue in sin and say grace should abound? These are lessons we have to learn and mend our ways and walk with Christ so that we will live. After death, where next? You don't know. You wait in the grave for the trumpet, the final resurrection. Are you in the number? You can, you can know by your living how you are connected to God, how serviceable you are to God, how you have declared your life to serve God, how committed are you to God. It's very important. Life is not our own. In the book of Ecclesiastes, he told us that a man should not think that his end will not come. Every man on earth has got an end. And that end, when it's come, what next, brothers and sisters? What next? So therefore, right now we are alive. Let us prepare ourselves and know that God has got a place for us. That is why Jesus Christ told us, I go and I prepare a place for you. And when I come, I will receive you again unto myself, that where I am, there he shall be also. Are we preparing to be there with Christ? Are we enlisted in the army? Are we doing what it takes to inherit the glory of God? Brothers and sisters, this is life. This is death. Choose life or choose good and live. Choose evil and die. Today, the message has come. We may be passing through difficulties just like the Israelites. We might be having problems with our worshiping place. We'll be moving from place to place. And the commander-in-chief is saying, follow me, because God is in charge. Hallelujah. We must follow him, because God has called him and is directing him. Ours is to listen, ours is to follow, ours is to obey command, and we will never miss the promised land. May God bless you.
Pastor, your servant, to deliver your message, life and death. Lord, you created life, and death is inevitable. But how you have created us to serve you, we all here have got a purpose for you. This message, as it has come, grant us to live for you and to do your purpose on earth. That when the time is come that you call us to rest, we will be more than satisfied and wait for your coming. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Shall we rise up?